Welcome to Juice Podcast. I'm Emily Harmon, and today I'm joined by Melanie Guess. Well, Melisante Guess, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a curious name, but yeah, people call me Melly, but uh, you can call me as my own name, Melisante. <laughs> <laughs> Means honey flower and whatever. <laughs> Means honey flower. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I didn't have the chance, uh, the chance to. Like honeysuckle, like the. Like honey yeah. flowers, yeah. That's it's nice. Like a, they were inspired, my parents, back at the time, so. Good. Yes. <laughs> I, didn't have a, I couldn't choose in any way, but it's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to, to have a nice name. So, Melly, you're here with um, the wines that you make, um, which I have been importing now for, is it two years, two uh, and a half years? Um, a little bit maybe more. Three. Yeah, maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like everything flies, before the pandemic is just like, yeah. I have no reference yeah. of time anymore. Yeah, I think it's more four years, two and a half, yeah. because uh, before pandemic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, because that was a year and a half, yeah. Mm. And um, so, for everybody listening, tell us about Domainly Guest. Wow. <laughs> the names, why has it got a French name on some labels, why yeah. is it not? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we are in the north of Greece, so in Pella region. And um, so I'm the second generation. My father started um, the winery in the 80s. He actually went to France for study and he met my mother there. So he studied analogy because he, he wanted to study something more in science application. And uh, for his bad luck, he didn't could enter to the um, to university in uh, in Greece for um, how do you say um, pharmacy. Um, so yeah, and then he went to to France and he found out about biochemistry and enology, and he studied there. And uh, then he met my mother. My mother followed her followed him. Sorry, <coughs> to to Greece, and uh, he started working independent <coughs> in other. Um, wineries and he didn't find something interesting in the chemistry of wine because mm. when you when you uh, study chemistry uh, wine it's a lot of um, chemistry or or so you mean like he was studying winemaking like yeah. analogy and then analogy yeah. yeah but they they make you um, study things like um, like a recipe of a, of a cooking so it's not really naturally approach. So my father always wanted to um, make sense of what he's doing. So he didn't understand why he had to put at the time in another, um, another jobs, uh, enzymes or yeast or whatever. So he chose to be on his own. So he left his jobs and he created the domain gas slowly, slowly. So he started by renting some lands, making small quantities, etc. And he always believed in Greek um, uh, varieties, so he didn't had um, the approach of uh, mixing Merlot or Cabernet Sauvignon or Syrah or whatever, yeah. because it was at the time the the philosophy of Greek winemaking back at the eighties. So and, and that and that was wasn't it? So Greek yeah. winemaking was very like I guess like you saw in a lot of parts of the world there yeah. was a an attraction to be making international wines with great varieties that people recognise exactly and having loads of wood and dark coloured wines and and typical wines like in France, like in yeah. Burgundy or mm-hmm. in Bordeaux. So it was like the fashion to do that also. So the arrays, all the native selection that we had in Greece and they planted um, other type of uh, vines. So it was not really appropriate also with the climate change and also with the difficulties of growing wines and stuff. So my father always wanted to do something a little bit differently. And he 
I always believed in native selection as a rhodites because rhodites in Greece is more used as plant because of massive production and low um, and low intensity. But he always thought that if I work well the vines, then I could um, reveal at what what I can from uh, this uh, variety. So it's more important for him. So he started slowly, slowly, <clears throat> and now we are like a family together working. And I am since uh, ten days for uh, ten years, sorry, <laughs> following uh, his path. And actually, since uh, twenty eighteen, I'm vinifying on my own. <clears throat> he's still on with me because he's a patriarch, so he he will be there until the last day of his life. It's okay, but uh, yeah, he's following what I'm doing, mm. and and that's it. So yeah, for the record, we are half French, half Greek because of my mother. That's why, on the labels, we continue working with French people, and we we yeah. stood with that on the labels, and um, yeah, it's also our identity. So we are half half. So it's 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 us. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice. No, that's okay. Down. We're at the end. We're on the yeah. day after the war fair, so it's definitely. Um, so yeah, well, I was speaking yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sorry about my English as well. So no, English is great. <laughs> you have to apologize. What I can. Um, so, and I think what's quite interesting about Ligas as well is the um, approach to, to farming as well. It's it wasn't just the varietals using local varietals, but being really. Uh, committed to working in yeah. a conscious, um, yeah. caring way mm. towards the environment, right? So you're biodynamic well, in the beginning? In the, yes, well, actually, we are um, in the way. So we are a certified biolo- biological, so organic way, because we need for some export uh, countries. Um, to have a certification of uh, biodynamical in Greece, you need to to be with more producer to bring uh, actually uh, certification from Germany or for France. For now, it's not really that um, uh, open. Well, it starts, some certification centers start to do that, but it's not really in our motto to have a stamp on and say we are in the biodynamical because actually we do things a little bit more naturally. For example, we don't buy any preparation uh, 501 or, or something. We do our own teas. We are a little bit vegan style so we we try to make the most of approach with um with herbs but it's herbs that we picked so we don't buy we go to the mountains behind we pick some um horse tail for making our preparation we dry the the herbs and uh, we make our own teas and decoction with uh, the rain water that we collect um, and we we use uh, zeolith. It's um it's a mineral naturally found uh, that permits to regular the water or the heat on the on the yeah. vine. So it's another approach, a little bit more like <clears throat> not like a biodynamical dogma. You know that you have to apply some things, but some ideas are there. We follow the calendar, the, the lunar calendar, calendar for bottling, for harvest, for everything. And uh, yeah, it's more an approach um, sustainable because uh, we are independent in energy. So we um, we have the solar panels since uh, two thousand, early two thousand, um, and um, and uh, we have also a dig with uh, water. So we are the the whole uh, winery. It's independent. So we are really into um, consuming um, a little bit more. Um, 
consciously. So we want to be uh, independent and do things well. And um, so the wines are naturally with low intervention, so we don't interact at all. We try to respect uh, the juices. So what you mean by that for people listening is that the wines aren't filtered, they're not fine, there's exactly. nothing added, you don't add exactly. sulfur. We, um, don't, we just take the juices from the grapes and we let them ferment naturally and that's it. So we follow a little bit their evolution by the time, but we don't interact with something from outside, so either chemistry or other physical methods. So it's basically just the juices, as you press the juice and you drink it. So you make the fermentation occur and that's it. You let the fermentation occur. And, um, you make it sound very easy. It's not very easy to make wine that's like this. It is easy, <laughs> but you need time. Actually, we, I said that we are lazy because we don't work uh, the wines as you can learn how to work. We're like waiting for respectful the time and do it by gravity and wait uh, the time for bottling. So, mm. yeah. We don't work a lot, we take coffees a lot, no, for breaks. <laughs> <laughs> we are like, well, in Greece we like to take coffee break a lot, so. <laughs> but because we are a few on the winery, so actually it's a family, so it's my father still there, it's also Petros, uh, the cousin of my father, it's also Yanis, that is a friend, a good friend since um, 15 years working with us. It's also now Alex who joined us, who is a friend of Petros, and well, actually he's a, a long cousin, uh, distance but anyway and um, and me and uh, it was also at the time my uncle Takis who is more mechanical but now he's old and he's like can get out from his home um, well he's a, a former rocker so you know he was he also, lived yeah, a, yeah, he, he lived wild wild wild, wild. <laughs> and um, and it's okay and uh, and now he's trying to rest I guess a little bit because uh, he has some uh, healthy issues um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a small property, so we have some people coming for harvest for helping and for pruning. But that's it. Uh, we have a team uh, regular, and that's why we do small things slowly, slowly. So when harvest is done, we can bottle or we can label the wines and send them. And it takes time. So by the time of February or March, when uh, the vines are quite over or pruning. We start to bottling. We start to move the wines to get ready for bottling and stuff. So actually, we don't do we work, but we don't do intensive work. We schedule the time with the seasons. Mm. And yeah, I'm handling so all the all the um, production and commercial part. But my father still uh, makes some paperwork sometimes. Well, I won't cut things from my father so otherwise you're going to be ah what am I doing now yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be like, but I think that's one. also nice isn't it that's the beauty yeah. of like having a family project like this because I think um, it gives everybody a purpose yeah yeah everybody has something to do yeah. and we'll complete each other yeah well we yell also at each other because uh, well, I'm the only woman and I uh, try to figure out my place between the men and <laughs> in Greece they are really 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 proud men <laughs> And women are like, okay, you don't count, <laughs> you have not to do that or whatever, so they don't let me do crap things. Well, she thinks, sorry about that, but uh, I put my hand on dirt, I love that, I don't, I don't mind. But they say, no, but 
people way I will do for you. No, no, no. Well, as, in, as in, like, you won't be able to do some of the, like, yeah. things that they think yeah. are men's jobs, yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's insane, isn't it? Well, they, or they want me to, to conserve my beauty. I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I guess you could kind of use that to your advantage on days when you're yeah, not sometimes. feeling up to it. It's like, do you know what? Oh, I don't know. I've got my nails done. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I do my nails on dark express to to see that. Uh, say, uh, no problem for for color. It's gonna be dark anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> but I was telling them last year when I was pregnant and I was harvesting. Said, okay, you have to take advantage of me. I'm waiting more. I'm, I'm have, I have more weight than usual. So if I crash the baby, it's gonna be easier for me to crash than you that you are like 20 kilos that's what you less. said yeah said yeah but you cannot get out after that if you go in <laughs> in the tank you're so fat that you cannot get out and said okay fuck you <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm, did sorry. you get in did you get in and do no it? They, they didn't let me because yeah. I, they didn't want also to take any risk for the baby because i was like eight months uh, uh, seven months pregnant, so they were like, uh, maybe that's maybe that's not unfair. In that <laughs> yeah, I'm not just maybe they were. <laughs> but I was like craving of energy, and I had to do something, you know. And uh, mm. until the last day of birth, I was like doing things. So yeah, for me it was normal to do harvest, to do things. So yeah. That's it, so funny things. But uh, now that I don't have a baby in my belly... <laughs> You're the first one in the tank. <laughs> I'll do that. Let me. Totally. So what have we got to taste today well, then? A little selection. Start because, with? Well, yeah. as some of you that are listening hope so, <laughs> know that we have a lot of cuvées. Well, actually, what I didn't say is that uh, we have a lot of cuvées because of the selection in the vine. So each vine, yard correspond to one cuvée. Mm. So we tried simple, we tried to label as a, as a variety type. And um, yeah, because in Greece, you have several fields spread all over. So it's not a big field of wines, vines growing. So it's a small part there, small part there. And so we, we do wines as identity of each uh, wine yard. So um, we have uh, plenty of wines, but today I'm going to pour just five. Okay, so where are we starting So we start with, uh, with Aroditis. Okay, cool. So, as I was saying, my father, you know, was always um, into uh, things that Greek were not. So the Aroditis always, my father uh, believed in that variety from the beginning, and he was like uh, quite the only one to work it uh, monovarietal, so without blending. Um, and he always believed that if we grow well the vines, then he can reveal that uh, there is identity. Actually, in Greece, it, it is used, it is for blending, for making massive production, for making retina wine and stuff. Is that just because of the like high yield that you can get from it? Or yes, like... or be- it's because of the profile of Roditis. Normally, it's something really low intensity. Uh, yeah, quite on, neutral on nose, sometimes, neutral, right? Flat and mm. low acidity, so it's more like a volume... Um, approach but easy but to grow like it's easy in, to grow yeah, so really easy okay. yeah yeah easy if you grow it really intensive there will be a lot of quantity on the vines but we are not we are like four or five grapes per per vines and uh, that's why the identity of Revit is can reveal but mm. in the south of Greece they grow like uh, 10 grapes 10 grapes from uh, from vines but um, yeah, and uh, he always believed that that. So and always, what my father started doing at back at the time was um, skin contact. 
before fermentation because we never use any yeast or um, any uh, chemical approach. So to extract all the quantities of yeast and having um, the fermentation occur. So we do have a skin contact before. So for Ruditis it's uh, three days, so we let it on skins. Um, and uh, ferment in inox. And um, now what I do is... Stand still, yeah. And uh, and then I let it on the lees of fermentation just for six months and bottling right away after, so early bottle as well. And with all your wines, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is even if they're fermented in steel, they usually do like a month or so in wood, right, to help sort of stabilise... Yeah, always on the winter time, we let it stabilise. We we let the winter just to, to rest because we figure out that during fermentation it demands a lot of energy. The wine to change to juices to wine, so it needs also time after to settle down, to cool, to take temperature low, and um, and yeah, the, the the bacteria also occur because we let also the uh, the malolactic fermentation uh, occur again, and uh, um, and then we bottle with the time when it's a little bit more um, stable after winter and before the heats of uh, springtime, and we let also in the bottle settle down before selling like a month or two, it depends on the cuvee, sometimes mm. more, but uh, yeah, so yeah. I really like this Roditas, I think it's, um, it definitely is more savoury as well, um, out of all of the white, like, well, white slash orange slash Yeah, slash, three. Three, yes, <laughs> <wine> slash, <laughs> not category um, at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I find that this is, I just, I love how fresh it is and um, I like that it's not a demanding wine to drink. Mm. Um, and I, so this is, the vintage we've got here is 20, right? Yes, it's 20. Yeah, 20. so I remember like with the 19, it was definitely a little bit lighter yeah. um, and, and fresher as well. But I, I do actually quite like that extra texture in this yeah. wine. Me too. Well, when I was uh, vintaging uh, 2020, I was like, uh, normally I let two or one days on skins, but... Uh, I figured out that one day more give me more complexity. So I started fermenting on skins and I said, oh, now I get a little bit more texture than I wanted. <clears throat> and also because of the, the soils of the region, we are in Pella, so I didn't speak about the, the soil, but where we have a lot of clay and uh, fossils, mineral. <clears throat> and we will want to extract that uh, from the roots. So um, if we have this acidity in all of our wines, it's because we we try to express that as, as well. So to balance the acidity, to balance all the grass and all the, 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 the fat and all the, <coughs> the, the freshness, it has to be a little bit a complex wine. Yeah. So I try to find out that if I need more acid, if I have more acidity on one year, I will extract a little bit more to balance, to have a little bit also a harvest more late, etc., etc. So it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of feeling. It's every year um, I try to, to stay on my <clears throat> schedule for for vinification, but it can happen to change for one day or two of skin contact, etc. So the approach is is really year by year something uh, adapted. Yeah, it's okay. yummy, very yummy. And back at the time we were like um, stabilizing it in bottles, mm. in old bottles. But I figured out I prefer to let it in the inox for a, a whole winter time. And it gives me as well as well. So this wine never does its little stem. No. Never, but the previous vintages the did, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, actually, from 19th 
Um, I don't use oak for the, 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 this, this range. And um, other previous vintages, yeah, we use it before, because we um, put the vines in the cellar downstairs to cool down a little bit faster, and we cool down in the barrels. But it was all barrels, 20 years old barrels, okay. so yeah. now... No, I mean, it was never an oaky wine. No, 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 it's just, not yeah. oaky. It's just, yeah. just for settle yeah. down after fermentation and also to, yeah, to, to make them sleep better in a dark place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Very nice. Yeah, the 2020, I'm happy with it. Yeah. So after... The annoying thing is with a wine like that, I can just imagine in six to 12 months how delicious it's going to be yeah. but it's all going to be sold and That's drunk the already <laughs> sometimes I think okay I need uh, to um, to keep my wines a little bit in the, on the side perhaps for customers that want a little bit more age or whatever but I don't have time because well it's a problem it's, but it's not really a problem um, my clients uh, demand me quantities before even harvest for example I have demand for 2020 vintage uh, not even have the vintage get out yet yes. from the roots yeah, yeah. so it's um because uh, you have a lot of demand you have to um, spread a little bit to everyone because I want everyone to have some wines so I try to figure out the demands of each one and to be correct with everyone so but many jobs of a winemaker we'll well, actually, we plan a little bit to increase the production, but it takes a lot of time. We go slowly, slowly. So since five years, we're planting slowly, slowly. We haven't yet uh, harvested the first ones because we had a lot of loss. Also, because the roots are not really uh, deep. And sometimes you have to replant over a period of, of years, course. don't you? Because not all the we plants. We still replant. So. Yeah. So it demands times and time, and we try to yeah to increase slowly, slowly. But it will be at the time when. I will have enough wine for everyone, I guess. She says that now. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like the same thing. There'll just be more people buying wine. Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. It's we, a good we'll problem chat to have. in a few years and we'll yeah. see how it's going to grow after that. Yeah. I will still have the same problem, I guess, but anyway. <laughs> so that was the analytics. Shall we go for Pato Trava now? Yes. So the main identity that we have at the estate, it's uh, actually, again, my father's identity but I'm so proud of that and I continue that is that we work a lot blanc de noir so actually that's our French philosophy to have white wines from black berries so for um, people I think don't. for people who have had blanc de noir as well they're not quite like a standard blanc de noir wines are they no no they don't <laughs> because it's also a little bit different but uh, yeah like appearance wise <laughs> the flavor everything yeah. the intensity because Sometimes I've tried still blonde noir and I find that they can be a little bit boring. Yeah, flat um, and no aromas. Or... Yeah, it's just like, oh, why have they, they've just done this to be yeah. to maybe wait, make white wine because it's a hot region or something. Yeah. But these are like, they're really, fa- I find it really fascinating, the, the style that you do because it's so complex, but it's really interesting because you actually see, it's almost like the grape variety is um, in a different setting, you know, like, it's like, Melly goes to the opera. And, it, and it's like, Melly's there at the cinema. You know, like, they're all, like, the same personality, yeah, but, like, yeah, kind yeah. of showing themselves a little Different bit differently. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, it's ranking uh, a lot also the, um, the variety of Xenomavro. So the Xenomavro is the main variety to us in north of Greece. And it's um, really something um, interesting because it's uh, a variety that is acid, has a lot of acidity, has a lot of tannins, has a lot of color as well. 
And um, my father always uh, wanted to make white wine from that. Actually, you can make wine from that and make sparkling. There's a region really in the north of Greece that making sparkling wine from Xinomaro, named Zitsa. And um, but we want to make things still, so mm -hmm. and um, so that's why it's the only one that we press. Patatrava actually in Greece means press and pull, patatrava. Mm. And um, as I was saying earlier, we do a lot of maceration on our wines, so we use le a lot of um, skin contact, but we don't use any press. So for that wine, we put the grapes into the press machine, it's an old one, mm. and we let it roll. We don't press really as a program of pressing, uh, we let it roll, 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 and it's like... Um, Uh, you know when you want to get out the water from your yeah uh, almost like a colander or a yeah, sieve exactly yeah. so you take out the juice and yes it will be a little bit colored but not that much it depends on the vintage for example the 2019 that we're tasting is more color than 2020 because we had also another approach of vintages and harvest and uh, and that juice it's uh, really few hours on skin like uh, three or three or four hours on skins during that rolling time and that's it so that's uh, fermenting in inox again standardly still mm -hmm. and uh, bottling also in uh, springtime just before um, yeah. just before the summer I mean I love this wine I mean I know that I try not to talk about the color of wine because obviously those like the all the white pretentious males that work in one that are obsessed with colour. We, yeah. we won't name any of them, but like, um, so I try not to talk about it, but this is a really beautiful colour. Like it's got this yeah. kind of antique peach, Umber, as Gwen would call it. Yeah, yeah, like almost copper, yeah, copper kind yeah. of colour. Um, yeah. yeah, So it is. beautiful. And the, it's amazing on the nose though. Like it's just, it's the beautiful thing about this grape variety is that you do get the fruit but you also get that lovely savouriness but just yeah. showing itself differently in this versus the rosé yeah. yeah. versus the red that's a, that's amazing with Xenomavro working um, you have the main um, variety but you have so many several possibility to work with that's why I found it really interesting uh, it depends just on the time of skin contact or just also the selection of the of the um, the high of the of the vineyard so for example patatrava and rosé are a little bit lower than the other ones and they're the same vineyard right for it's the two wine okay by, uh, the patatrava is a little bit lower okay and the the rosé it's a little bit um it's more old uh, as a planted as a patatrava the patatrava is a little bit more young it's like mm. 10 years old and uh, the rosé it's uh, it's a 15, 17 years old okay so it's a little bit more complex as well as involving etc etc And uh, yeah, you can work it in a red, light red, or a complex red. And also what we do is uh, for another, I don't have here, but uh, um, in a solera way as well. So mm. I work it as well in a different way. So that's why I found that uh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's, an, it's a fascinating wine because it's, it's not a white wine. It's not an orange wine. It's not a rosé wine. It's not a red, but it's like a bit of all of those things. It has his own category. That's why we call it a gris. Yeah. Because uh, it's not really a white. It's not really a red. It's not really a, um, a rosé. I'd actually sell this to people who were looking for something orange almost yeah. as well. Because yeah. there it's is that bit of tan in there, yeah, exactly. but not too much. Exactly, because it's not on skin, so you cannot even tell that it's an orange wine. But, um, yeah, so... Legally, in the papers, we put it as a rosé, but uh, it's not a rosé type at all. Mm. Beautiful. Yummy, yummy. yummy. <laughs>
And for anyone in the background, we have another person in the room, so you're just going to hear the odd giggle. It's not my voice changing or Millie's sort of double. We haven't got a split personality. Someone else here. Hannah's joining us. So, um, yes, I'm happy to be here. So, speaking about oranges, would you like to taste one? Thank you. So, now we go for uh, Asiatico. It's the Cuvée Lambda. Actually, when the first cuvées were made by my father, we had two whites, we had the Roditis and the Lambda. And um, the Lambda was something, uh, the L represents a letter for Lefkos in Greece, means white, because it was the white wine and not okay. the Roditis. So. Okay. And um, so this wine involved with the time. At the time, we were like few uh, days of skin contact, like just one or two. And uh, with the time, I increase those times of uh, skin contact and I made it more like an orange wine. Okay. So actually this yeah. one has 10 days on skin contact, so the grapes are in the tank and they ferment for 10 days. And every, year, every day I taste to see the extraction of tannins. So let's go again for um, the orange, so lambda, it's an acetico. It's 10 days on skin contact and uh, on inox tank. And uh, then I take out the juice and leave the fermentation uh, finished in inox again, and uh, bottling in um, end of uh, of win- of um, of uh, summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for this vintage since uh, 1919, it's just in inox. Back at the time again, we put it on all barrels, but for now, since two vintages now, um, we have only inox. Still. So actually this, uh, yes, what I didn't say is, is this one yard is really close to the winery, is the one really surrounding uh, the winery, and we grow it in Pergola. So mm-hmm. actually the vines are in uh, two meters high, well, actually 1.8 meters high. Yeah. And um, my father made that approach back at the time because he wanted to uh, extract the more minerality from the underground and stuck it into the wood port part to um, uh, spread it with the time and complexity as an, as an identity of the soils. And um, also another advantage that we found with this way of growing is that the, um, the grapes are hang- hanging and uh, they are always in contact with wind and that means no diseases, no bad things could happen, no solar also grilled or something because the leaves are protected. And also easy picking for harvest. It's like mm. you're, you're extending up to your head, and uh, it's really nice. Yeah. And the um, the vineyard is responsible. Well, it doesn't say on this, but the Assyrtico Barrique is from the same vineyard. No, it's it not. used to be. No, it's not. Some of the old bottles said Lambda on the back of the well, that, that's, that's a legal problem. Okay. Because we <laughs> I'm were, like, should I have bought this no, up? No, no, okay. no, It's okay because I explained, I explained that a yeah. lot. Because actually Asitico was named just for Santorini's wine. So when everyone... And actually Asitico you find all over Greece, right? Yeah. But for protecting the region of Santorini, there was a time when they said, oh, it's forbidden to make Asitico... On a level, that's it. You had, if you're not Santorini, you cannot put it on the level. 
So we had to change for some time. Who was and paying someone to put that in place? Yeah, I don't know, but now it changed again. So the pressure make it uh, yeah. on the opposite as well. So at the time, we, we were like, obviously we have to put something. So we put lambda barrique because the lambda is the other acetic that we have. Oh, so people knew that they could... Okay. Yeah, but we explained it actually to say that we had problem with uh, labeling. So that's it, but it's two different one yards. Okay. That's why, but yeah. But <laughs> this is mention. Yeah. <laughs> this is. Um, I mean, this, I love this because it's such. It's a reason. It's really at a good price point as well. So it's definitely an orange for people who want to put it on by the glass in yeah. place, or it, you'll see it by yeah. the glass in some places. But I love that um, there's some tan in there, but there's still that lovely saltiness as well. Um, yeah, it's really tastes great. It tastes a little. I don't want to say it's a little bit less funky than yeah. before. Yeah, because uh, before... The other one was much more wild. Like, yeah, it, was it was pretty out there. Yeah, it was because of the wood as well. And yeah. it was really difficult to follow the, that one at a time. So I prefer also to do something that it's um, easy on the uh, beginning of the range, easy drinking for everyone. So I guess it's more for uh, by the glass or something, as you mm. said, orange approachable uh, for everyone who doesn't love orange or pants or whatever. So it's more something that I wanted to do a little bit more concentrated and, you know, with limits and stuff. And yeah, back at the time it was also the one year was a little bit young and it was a little bit also too much on the wood, uh, living for uh, like nine or so, uh, ten months. So it was like too okay, too um, uh, tanning. So it was a little bit uh, yeah. unbalanced. Well, after it depends also of the, of the vintages, but uh, I'll try to make the tasting just to follow the vintage so yeah. I take it slowly I'm definitely a bit more perfumed as well this yeah. one don't you think like yeah. it just feels like a bit more That's focused what, and exactly. a bit more aromatic and lifted exactly actually yeah. uh, I prefer to have a little bit more uh, pronounced nose and balance with the, the the mouth that's why I don't extract more or don't do any um, aging barrel because I, I want to be balanced in the nose and in the mouth and more uh, aromatical <clears throat> so it's a game between balances, but I, I prefer those type than yeah to be just more the okay thing or more tanning or mm. so yeah, it's lovely. it's my point of view. I think that's why it changed a little bit since I'm at the, on the head of the yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit more yeah also discreet or something a little bit more girly or I don't know how to say <laughs> woman thing. Elegant, elegant. <laughs> <Again. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. And Good. So, um, to compare with the other, actually, Acetico that we were talking, it's uh, Acetico Barrique. So, that's uh, one year a little bit older, um, that comes to harvest earlier than everyone else. So, it's the first that I pick every time. Uh, it's a one year that it's actually in your um, style. And... Uh, for this one, what I do, well, actually, it's one of the three ladies that we have on labels. So, on the label, it's Maria Callas. Well, those one of the most know. iconic opera singers in the world. Exactly. It's also a favorite woman to my father. He loves Greek women in the culture. And uh, actually, each woman represents a type of wine. And uh, because of the character of the ladies and the character of the wine, we find similarities. And our designer, Athena, uh, draw us the, the labels and we agree directly with that. So that's a Cetico Barrique. <clears throat> so it's um, a one yard that is a little bit more um, complex but still have a lot of 
freshness, performance and um, straightness. And uh, what we do with this range is we do some days of skin contact. Actually, it's like four or five days. It depends. I start fermentation on skins. And while it begins fermented, I take it out and I put it in uh, bottles. So it ferments in bottles and stays in there for six or nine months. So actually this one stays for nine months, the acetico. So it stays on the lees for the whole time and it's more complex as well. So the barrels as well is uh, Austrian oak, mm -hmm. so it's stockier and uh, it's really light, um, uh, light grilled uh, wood because we don't want to give uh, oak aromas. We just want to work the wine in, in it and not to mask or put anything on the top of the wine. Mm. So that's it. And also, I leave it after bottles. After bottles, <laughs> I leave it also in in uh, Ninoxang for five months to settle down before bottling because it needs a little bit more time. That's why it's released a little bit more further than the other ones. Mm. This is uh, 2019 vintages. Okay, vintage. Yes, we're just tasting the 2019 Asiatico Brig. Yeah, this is definitely the opposite almost of an Asiatico from Santorini. Right, textured, umami, there's yeah. like layers of complexity, there's yeah. this nuttiness, there's honey, there's fruit, there's perfume. Mm. Um, and it's not that kind of... It's also really spicy yeah. Yeah, that you cannot find in other mm. Asiatico. You have a, like a gingerbread, you know. Ginger, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's more like, a, well, we don't say a Christmas wine, but uh, actually in, in winter, it, it, people love it to, to drink it for... Uh, Christmas also parties or food a little bit more uh, yeah. spices. This for me with tagine yeah. would be yes, spot well. on. Yeah. As well, but I love it with cheese as well because it yeah. goes so much with cheeses, different cheeses, smoky cheeses. Yeah, yeah so nice. Very nice. <clears throat> but it's definitely more complex and more in another approach than the the basic range. So. Mm. And the last one today. It will be Moschomabro, so let's go for something also or out of category. <laughs> yes. Because it's not really a red, it's not really a, a rosé, it's um, something in between. So Moschomabro, it's um, a variety, uh, also a little bit forgotten that uh, my father and uh, uh, believed in it to work it. So um, it's... Um, it means aromatic black mosho, it's what it uh, uh, smells. Like musk, basically, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And what I do with that uh, cuvee is um, an infusion style. So I let the grapes in the vine, in the tank, the inox for 21 days. So I don't know if there is um, an hazard between uh, female cycle, etc., etc., but I found out that. At the end of 20 days, I get what I want, you know, so the 21th day, I bleed the tank. So I don't know if it's something, I don't know. Anyway, it's like, uh, well, we, we yell, we, we laugh at, uh, at the state at, at the time because it's like girly thing. I don't know, it's, yeah. it's my only, anyway, it's a little bit out of uh, leave. So you leave, so you leave them, are they whole bunches or are they de-stemmed? Well, not de-stemmed. So de-stemmed de in a tank and what, do you just kind of wet the top of the cap or something? Yeah, and and that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. I just put the temperature roll on, so the, the water um, control temperature not to increase over 22 degrees because I want that fresh. And um, rough. 
So I uh, wanted something fresh, so uh, the temperature control is really important for this red. Um, and then uh, for fermentation, after the 21 days, uh, stays on the, on, the, on the tank. And I bottle really, really fast, like uh, in springtime. So it's something like a rosé approach, but uh, it's a red. And because of uh, the low acidity, the low um, intensity in aromas and in tannins of this wine, I don't want to do something really like a red, so I wanted something yummy, fresh for summertime, because in Greece we don't drink a lot of red in summer as well. So, and I want something more easy drinking. Yeah, something in between. Oh, lovely. Yeah, De- definitely more aromatic. It does have that perfume, musky, exactly, um, kind of floral. And in the mouth, it's not really that pronounced. It's more like light uh, white, you know. So yeah. it's uh, easy drinking. And uh, yeah, not tannic. Yeah, not tannic. Nice. And is that a bear on the label? Yeah, actually, this label, again, I think I draw was for that for us. But uh, it's a bear because in this uh, region there were some bear uh, existent, and um, it's uh, actually a wine yard that we rent, um, and uh, the owner is a really fan of us. We work with him really long time, but um, it's not our own. Uh, uh, one yard, but we have a contract and a whole, um, a long rental contract, so we are in permaculture as well. This uh, this wines, and uh, we put it on the side of the regular wines, just because we are not the owners, but we work it for 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 that. And uh, yeah, and the other one is the Acid Comezon. Which is the eagle. Is the eagle, yeah. 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 And we had also the Roditis once, uh, but uh, it was a, a one year that get off so it was um, unrooted or yeah. say. so we don't have it anymore mm-hmm. um, see. so that's Lovely. it for a small selection thank you so much for taking us through the wines today yeah, and um, obviously we'll have you back at some point and dig into the other wines because you make over 10 like it must yeah. be what, well, we've got 12 You've got 17 in total. It's a lot of <laughs> and balls to juggle, I make, isn't it? For example, I make also with uh, Moschomavra, I make a Blanc de Noir actually for a project with Zulu wines. I don't know if you've heard in France. So it's uh, also a pop up uh, project, okay. just. But um, yeah, I make some of you. And in Korea, it will be also a new cuvee. But uh, we will send just the cities that are representing. But yeah, yeah 17 in total. <laughs> Well, I look forward to trying that one day. Yeah. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, so good to have you on, yeah. on the podcast. Good. And see you soon, then. Yeah, until next time. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy. Um, uh, <laughs> we're all cheers in here yeah. now. Uh, even Hannah. And uh, so for those of you that are listening, you can uh, find us on Instagram at juice.podcast. Um, and also on Twitter, juice underscore podcast. Hopefully I haven't got those around the wrong way. And I am Emily Harmer. I'll be joined by Gwen, hopefully, in the next few episodes. And thank you for tuning in.